Greetings and good day. Welcome. Here we are again. Episode 2. Another show. My name is Drew Fairservice. With me as always, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Old Reliable, how are you? Old Reliable. I am both old and occasionally reliable. Here I am reliable. You have you are foolproof in terms of <laughs> yeah, reliability here in your own home. Yeah. Need a branded studio, but yeah, right now it's just Brand Studio will come. Yeah. Come in time. This this studio could not be any more branded, what with the David Lee Roth records and Eric B. <laughs> and Rakim records and the guitar and uh was that the Queen's Day? No. Oh. That's Meet His Murder. Meet his murder, of course, yeah. of course. Uh yeah, we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays episode two of our brand new podcast, uh, which we are infinitely grateful that you have all uh, listened to. And if you are the kind of person who contributed to the uh, Patreon thing, we cannot express our shock. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And uh, and and uh, just gratitude. Again, thank you so much. And we'll do our very best to make this not quite terrible. Yeah, no, the Patreon thing is is astounding to me. Like, that's, uh, uh, I can't thank people enough for that. Though I can't thank them just yet. I mean, part one of the little rewards that we had, one of the carrots, is that we'll thank you on the air. Patreon discourages giving away any rewards until the credit card's clear. So you're not getting thanked by air until, or on air here for at least another month. Or whatever the hell that day is. You know, you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, fair's fair. Yeah. Fair, fair. You got to get what you pay for, but you don't get it to pay for. So we're going to talk about your Blue Jays. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I just let's not move on with a without the proper reverence for the people who've contributed their hard-earned money to this stupid thing. Which we, yeah, again, it's amazing. We love you. This is fantastic. Anyone who has volunteered their credit card information has my infinite, yeah, not only respect but also. I wonder what's wrong with you. We're very close to getting a second mic. Which is good. Uh, I was thinking about this today. Like, already. I drink a lot of coffee this, today <laughs> at work, and I'm like, poor Stoughton. He's going to be just getting getting McDonald's coffee after fumes all day long. That's, un, that's unfortunate. Might have had a McDonald's coffee this morning myself. It's right there in the building that I work in. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I used to live near there. It's yeah. I, I occasionally work in that building for 20 minutes at a time. It's true. Yeah. Very true. All right, so we're going to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to talk about the goings on this week. No heartbreaking uh, sorrow to discuss this week, which mm-hmm. is nice, other than um, sneeze-related injuries. We won't talk about that too much. Your boy going down. Your boy Kevin Pillar. Yeah. Well, maybe slow his roll after. We'll talk about uh, everybody's darling right now, Drew Hutchison. Somebody's got to be the darling. Someone yeah. has to be the darling. We'll talk about uh, your boy, Jussel Martin. Love me some Jussel. Who doesn't? Yeah. And maybe we'll just talk about, you know, the big picture, which is even after the Marcus Stroman injury, are the Blue Jays maybe, you know, kind of, sort of, the best team in the American League East? So what, the same thing we're going to be talking about every other week until the end of spring, basically. No. <laughs> Come on. There's so much more to be revealed, and so much more after the break. <laughs> As we had discussed last week, Marcus Stroman is out. Out for the year. There is no coming back. He repeatedly, on his 
many social media channels as back strong in 2016. It's uh, a long way away. That is a long. He's very up. He's very upbeat, but man, he's posting pictures of Kobe Bryant today, which is good and also terrifying. That's uh, just just <laughs> Bart Simpson. The broken leg, basically sitting in his sitting in his room writing plays by the end of the summer. Good old Millpool. <laughs> uh, but there was I've said Swimmin's Day already. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Law said maybe things won't be all bad for the Blue Jays as perhaps one Drew Hutchison might solve the wound, might solve the problem, might fill in. Uh, Drew Hutchison wasn't exactly spectacular in 2014, but who's fine? I think at worst case scenario, fine, serviceable, but there is a glimmer of hope. Indeed. Well, it's a tale of two seasons or, mm-hmm. or a tale of four fifths of a season and then one fifth of a season, basically. But no, I was writing this, uh, this evening, Thursday, uh, in the, the game thread. So I guess also we're not going to be able to talk about Miguel Castro just buzzsawing through the the Yankees like he's going to do. This Understandably, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was writing about this a bit. Like, if you look at uh, you know, people have done this already. Jeff Sullivan did it. Uh, Bluebird Banter did it like a month before that, and then everybody was like, "Oh, did you see Jeff Sullivan's article about about this?" But uh, he he you know started throwing the slider uh, less velocity with uh, more depth, like more vertical break. Uh, I was looking at it today, like the, just the the splits. Uh, like I went to Brooks Baseball, looked at the difference between you know the the outcomes of his pitches against left-handers before that and after mm-hmm. that. Like the whiffs went up by like from from twenty percent to like forty-seven percent, like mm-hmm. uh, two lefties with the slider. And then, but uh, but the weird thing was other pitches sort of came with that. Maybe that's not weird. Maybe that's just a you know the the rising tide floats mm-hmm. all. All boats, or whatever the hell that phrase is, and uh, yeah, he was really, he was really a completely kind of different guy at that point, which uh, we're all very hopeful will continue. It's so easy to to just point to a small sample and be like, well, he was better, and he's going to be that now forever. And it's also just as easy to throw it aside and be like, well, come on, we're talking about like six or seven starts, but when you see something like that, something that is like a tangible change something that has been a something that they may have worked on and then finally brought into game action that's something to definitely get excited about if it's a new a new pitch or a different way of 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 executing a pitch in a way that opens up everything else so if he adds this slider that can get on the back foot of a left-handed hitter uh as you may uh blue jays fans be familiar with this idea if you've ever watched kobe rasmus swing a baseball bat (laughs) If you can get that slider onto the back foot, that does open up everything else. Mm-hmm. And even if you, if it's you know Hutchison trying to throw a changeup that's fringy or iffy, whatever the kind of well, fringy would be, like the cornball pretend scout way of describing yeah, it. I but so, yeah. I mean, uh, the Yankees. You think about a guy like Big Mike, Mike Pineda, who there was the whole thing. Well, he's only he's only fastball slider, so he won't be able to ever get lefties out. But he can get that left that slider onto the back foot of left-handed hitters, and it sets up everything else. And you can get away. With not having, you know, a Ricky Romero slider, if you need to, at that point, uh, or a Ricky Romero changeup. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky Romero changeup. But uh, I don't can, know. We, can he have not any Ricky Romero ness to him? They took okay? away Ricky Romero's number. 
He's wearing some off-brand number at minor league camp. Is he actually throwing in minor league I camp? Think I think so. Thought, you know, I thought his knees were still fucked up, but... I hope um, he's back. Imagine that. That's like pennies from heaven. Also, it's like, oh, yeah, Ricky Romero. I'd rather not. What's what's more likely? Ricky Romero pitches, starts with Blue Jays, or Johan Santana starts I would with Blue say Jays? it's Johan Santana. You think it's more likely? Yes. No. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. Future Los Angeles <laughs> Angel of Anaheim, Ricky Romero. Ah, uh, we're on a tangent here, but I like I, I, I love Ricky Romero. I'd like for, to see him have success. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to have any illusions about it. And at this point, there's there are no illusions to be had about it. Not a single one. It's uh, yeah, it is what it is. But the lefties, going back to Drew Hutchison yeah. and his ability to get this pitch in under the hands of left-handed hitters, that's huge because his splits were terrible, were they not? They were they were pretty bad. Like even still in the overall, even though with his you know seven last starts, I think it's like a three fifty three weighted on base that left handers had against him, and you know the, all everything was just completely skewed. He was walking a lot of guys too, which was uh, uh, I don't know how that factors into it, or just to, you know just because he had to had had less stuff to work with and had to be more precise with it, and ended up in. You know, deeper in counts and end up you know losing guys, but uh, yeah, no, the splits were terrible against left-handers last year, and uh, then at the end, I, it sucks that there's no site that gives you like that you can plug in like I want to see his splits against lefties for this period of time, like this, like these game logs. Like, figure it out. That can't be that difficult. But you could kind of do it. You could kind of well, Brooks. The Brooks is why. That's why I turned to like the things like the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, looking at the whiff rates and stuff like that because that's where that is available. You can you can look at it that way. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was bad. It got better. Uh, part of it is that it's sort of a new thing that guys hadn't seen before. You know, that's also something we have to account for. The Yankees mm-hmm. did see it, and the you know that was sort of the thing. Was famously they were commenting on. Oh yeah, he was. He had a different slider, you know, he had, than we'd seen before. And mm-hmm. uh, this evening, Thursday, as we're about to, you know, as Tuesday. we're recording, is it Tuesday? Tuesday. Did I, is that the second time I called it Thursday? May or may not be the second uh, time. The point being, yeah, that's just, he's going to take the hill against the Yankees shortly. Yes, and something will have happened by the time <laughs> between the time we speak, whatever we're speaking right now, and uh, you actually hear it, anybody. Who is uh, who's listening? So who knows what happens there? I'm sh- I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I don't know, uh, but no, it's an interesting test for him uh, because they're a lefty heavy lineup, and because they're a team that did see it before, but also struggled against it. See, to me, I think about this, and I think about the difference between what's real and ta- and I said tangible, and what's just kind of variance. There's a lot of like I don't put a lot of stock in the whole Ari Dickey was good in the second half versus, versus the first half, even if it does happen two years in a row. It's like what he's doing is fundamentally the same. His health is the kind of mitigating factor in that. If his health, his back is healthy, or his neck is healthy, yeah. or if you want weather, maybe also weather again. Like we, but yeah, if you're starting to, to be like, well, he's only good in X in a certain specific weather <laughs> situations. It's like uh, maybe. Maybe you're fucked. It's where well, that's that's where we're at. It is definitely where we're at. Well, but at least, again, at least he doesn't eat sandwiches. But this during is, the fucking game going on. Eating sandwiches during a game. Syndergaard, get rid, of, get rid of that bum or whatever the fuck he was doing. Oh yeah, was he in the in the clubhouse? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he got rocked I think the other day too. He's gonna he's got himself a job though mm-hmm. as uh, Zach Wheeler, yeah. famously traded for Carlos Beltran, going down Tommy John. But the point is, 
just like Marcus Stroman, there was a real observable difference and change in his uh, approach, in his repertoire. Yes. The two-seamer, and uh, Evan Ross wrote a, did a cool, uh, wrote a post about it last year for BlueJays.com, and there's some cool video, which uh, Marcus Stroman's two-seamer grip is like nothing I've ever seen before. It was super strange, but it produced good results. Now, whether or not people would figure it out, it's like, okay, you want to figure out like a 94-mile-an-hour sinker that, <laughs> like, with a crazy arm side run? Go ahead. Go nuts. Figure it out. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's the kind, you know, Stroman was in a, in a p- situation where don't worry about trying to pitch to the game plan of the hitter. You just do what you need to do. And Stroman was a guy who had enough weapons, especially with the two-seamer that's going to keep, you know, it moves away from 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 the from the barrel of the bat sort of thing. He's, not only is he missing bats, he's missing barrels. Yeah, I think Stroman's going to have a big year. Well, shut up. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying Hutchinson is not the same, but he's in a similar boat. Sure. Where if he can do this, now maybe it can open up something else. Maybe he can bring back the other slider in more of like a shorter cutter form. Just something else to give people something to think about, mm-hmm. and then in July when his elbow explodes again, then it's you know back to the drawing board. Johan will be ready by then, though. <laughs> Jesus, uh, let's keep talking about adjustments and talk about Russell Martin. So you wrote a post dramatically, Buzzfeedly titled. <laughs> yes, it was. What if? Uh, what is it? What is it? What if he repeats 2014? What if it wasn't a fluke? What if it wasn't a fluke? Yeah, very BuzzFeedly titled. Well, I think it's because I wrote it and I posted it at like 9.30 p.m. You're going to apply? On a Monday where I did like, <clears throat> excuse me, where I did like no work. So I felt I, I should I should milk it a little bit. BuzzFeed tiring, Stone. I think you should apply. Yeah, no, I'm not going to apply. No? And also that post was also BuzzFeedly. It was basically just Dave Schoenfeld's post at Sweet Spot. His post was BuzzFeedly, BuzzFeedly at its own I right? believe it was. Were there, was. were there weird, like, uh, gifs that had really nothing to do with the, <laughs> the content? Those I don't get. No? That's, that's, that's if, I may, if I may have an old man moment, what is that? What a, what a, what a, come on. I encourage you and yeah. everyone listening, and I'm not one to speak ill of BuzzFeed. Number one, they're making money, so in that, in that industry, in this industry, they're way ahead of the game. Uh, and people mm-hmm. read it, heaven forbid. Yeah, but but go to I believe it's BuzzFeed without gifs.tumblr.com and it's just very BuzzFeed posts with all the images taken out and it's just it reads like a like a very young <laughs> yeah. child's ESL story. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, but they're making money, uh, which is to say that I would never say no if they said, "Hey, you want to come have a job?" I'd probably never say no. But Russell Martin, he didn't hit for as much power. True as. He may have been capable of in the past, especially you know in his days, end of his career at the Yankees. Uh, but even then, he wasn't hitting for that much power. His on base suffered, you know, swinging for the little joke ballpark. But he talked about spreading out, talked about adjusting, having more of a two strike approach, kind of all the time. Uh, so you you are of the mind, maybe this is a permanent thing. Yes, I am of the mind that maybe this is a permanent. You're thing. of the as mind that it, as, it as would much, be nice. Yeah, for this as to much be a as one thing. can be of the mind that maybe something is anything. I mean. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know. And, I mean, that's what Schoenfeld was, uh, you know, pointed out. He looked at, he, he noted that that uh, there's there's a story, uh, perhaps apocryphal, that uh, that Martin, you know, 
Wu's catching, uh, and Joey Votto was at the plate, and he, ca- you know, he was having trouble knowing what pitch to call because he just had with the mm. two with two strikes, he just choked up and and was you know was just fouling everything off until he got something to hit, and it was it was kind of like a light went on and said, oh, why don't I do that? Mm-hmm. Which you know, fair I, fair enough. That I think that was in Eno you know, Sarah's piece on Votto about he Votto and Jay Bruce both both having leg problems. That limited their ability to get off their back leg, and and that's when when he was healthy, he could do that. He right. Could, he okay. could He could yeah. have the strength to fight off the the tough pitches, and then go the other way with some power. Because Joey Votto, the guy who doesn't hit for any power, slugs like five fifty every year. He's <laughs> like broken, lugging his carcass around. What's that place called? Riverfront Field. Great American Ballpark. Oh, my friend. <laughs> I think I'm I'm just gonna say it. Even though I'm of the mind that opening day isn't official until until the first pitch to Cincinnati, because that was traditionally right, yeah. the first. But they should contract the Reds. <laughs> Make somebody else play there on opening day and contract the Reds. You're going to leave them with the Bengals? Well, maybe just go ahead and contract Cincinnati. The Natty. What's you know, I never really stopped in Cincinnati before. On my, I have. Have you? How, how, how did you find it? I, I made some, some friends in Cincinnati. Okay. I, went, I went to Louisville for a festival one time louisville i i was very briefly there but found lovely it's a terrific place yeah terrific place and the people i met from cincinnati were great actually no they were from Dayton. i should i stand corrected so they they're were, all kind of the same now they had risen point. above there's like bit. there's like two exits on the interstate that are like farmland between cincinnati dayton and it's like oh that's now mm-hmm. i'm in i've left suburban dayton and i'm in <laughs> suburban cincinnati like there's well, they're one city now but i'm just saying maybe go ahead and, and contract the reds uh, and then Joey Votto would be free to come to, uh, I don't know, Somewhere. another city. Maybe yeah, if there was right. a rich owner that might you know want to pay his exorbitant salary. But future anyway. future Yankee, Joey Votto. Future, <laughs> future Los Angeles Dodo, Dodger. Future, future Baltimore Oriole when the Reds are paying him to, to go away and suddenly he's going to show up and, and rake. But could be a thing, yeah. This to me is, is important. The Russell Martin making... Adjustments as he ages, but the the big question for me with Russell Martin, uh, and it has to do with uh, not his ability to hit with two strikes, not with his ability to protect the strike zone and and kind of dink and dunk and post a very a beautiful on base percentage. Ridiculous, My thing, yeah. the, which we haven't really talked about a little bit, and I don't know, it's about his his ability to stay healthy. There was a great piece I think uh, Ben Lindbergh wrote it on Grantland at oh, the end yeah, of the year, yeah. last year yeah. about the Joey Votto's just dedication to fitness Joey Votto's dedication to or Russell Martin's dedication to uh keeping his body in tip-top shape wearing some kind of like Iron Man special one of those muscle shirts but it's got like a computer in it I don't even know (laughs) he needs to stay in the field yeah and the Pirates were really good at that and I don't think that we would say the Blue Jays are especially good at that keeping guys on the field that's why Johan's here arm arm injuries happen but even beyond that I mean you look at the yeah, I mean, it's the the turf is the greatest villain in this, obviously more so than any trainer could be hoped to fix. But, True. So keeping Russell Martin, no, on the, catch, field, the catcher isn't you know not the same quite necessarily. He's not standing on the. Well, I mean, he's it's still very thin, but he. I don't know. The wear and tear, I think, is different on a. Catcher. It's a different kind I mean, of. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that makes the Jays in any better position because of it. I just you know. Point being, yeah. He wants to catch Ari Dickey still. And in a way, having him not catch Ari Dickey was almost like a nice built-in vacation. 
Like, you know you're going to get a, yeah. night, a day off. Maybe you can plug him in at DH from time to time, but you know he's not going to be back there squatting 150 times every night or chasing the fucking ball back to the backstop half a dozen times because he wasn't going to catch Dickie. But now they seem determined to at least try it out, which, again, I want to have a better player on the field, but in the, in the end, having Russell Martin and Deion Navarro as the catcher as opposed to having Navarro and... Tolly and Martin on the DL or something. I'm yeah, that's go- no good. I don't want that. <laughs> no. I don't want that. Uh, if- an unpopular opinion I, I might voice here is that uh, I don't think Josh Tolly is as bad as people think either. Like, he's not good. He's he's a backup he's catcher. He's quite bad. But he's, he, no, he, yeah, no, he's bad, but he's not as bad as people think. He's not I'm catastrophically yeah. bad for a backup catcher. That's, that's a fair enough point. He yeah. didn't hit for shit last year. No. He but, has before. Though he did. He barely, you know, he barely got into games last year. He didn't get that many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying I would ever expect anything out of Josh Tolley. I don't. I'm not saying that he's good. I'm not saying that I wouldn't prefer somebody else on the team. But you, you picked the right word. Catastrophic. He's not catastrophically bad. Uh, and I think a lot of fans sort of have this idea that he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many. But that, that said, I still want. Russell Martin to catch Ari Dickey. Yeah? I think I do. Well, he caught him on the weekend against the Canadian national team. The Canadian national junior team, which... Fake game didn't bother. I can't believe they Jerk marched... off motion. They marched those poor boys into the slaughter. <laughs> I mean, God bless them for trying, uh, but it doesn't seem like it would be a lot of fun to get your brains beaten. No. For nine I don't... Innings. I mean... It doesn't always happen that way, though, I guess. No, you know? it's true. But they, they this... Uh, the last time when they played on the weekend, they definitely just kind of... Ended the fifth inning. Like, oh, I think we've had enough, enough fifth inning for now, <laughs> <laughs> and they just shut it down. Yeah, but seems reasonable. And I, uh, I was listening to it on the radio. Was that Saturday or Sunday? Might have been Sunday. And uh, I think it was. I think it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday. I was in the one of the worst hangover fogs of my <laughs> oh, really? young life. That I was. I couldn't tell you what day it was. I knew I was driving in the car, and it was. It was one of the worst. I was. It was bad. You were you were behind the wheel, hung over. Yeah, behind yeah, the wheel. Yeah. yeah, because there was no hope. Tough. in hell of me getting on the subway if that was Saturday. Yeah, I think no, it was, it was Sunday. Almost for sure it was Sunday because I was driving out of the city on Sunday. Maybe. But I digress. The point being, Joe Siddle was mentioning that, that it seemed like Russell Martin was kind of fighting it a little bit. He was kind of catching it with right. two hands at times. Siddle has been. All those guys have kind of been very like. I don't think this is going to work. Like, very down on the whole idea. Catchers being catchers about the whole thing. A little bit, yeah. 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 Which, okay. No, I, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I understand the the health factor, for sure. Mm-hmm. You do not want to lose Russell Martin because of, you know, because you forced him to catch the, the knuckleball. And everyone loves him as the, the idea of number two hitter. Being a kind of high contact, well, high I mean, OBP guy. Pompey's going to take that in like what number three, two? Yeah, yeah, two three weeks in, that'll that'll be his spot. Uh, do we get to do? <laughs> can, we, can we have this debate again? The best Jay's best number two hitter is uh, Jose Baptista. Uh, no, I don't think that's true anymore. I think Jose should hit four. I think so. Yeah. 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 He's still a better hitter. Who's hitting number? Who's hitting number three? Edwin. Yeah, let Edwin hit Donaldson? number three. Not Donaldson. That's a lot of right-handed guys Pompey. right in a row. Dalton Pompey. Don't probably gonna hit third. Yeah, I think oh, that's that probably about right. Yeah. Well, you need, everyone loves to have like the left-handed hitter hitting second. But anyway, 
Let's, uh, oh, and anything else? Any update on Dion Naval? The Diamondbacks general manager, Dave Stewart, who is, uh, unorthodox, I think we could say, in his approach <laughs> to managing generally. It was yeah. like, they say we're going to trade for a catcher. We ain't going to trade for a catcher. Yeah, this I've never understood. You know, people are always, you know, people have been very adamant since Navarro. You know, since they showed up at spring training and reporters are like, hey, Dion, are you still, still want to get traded since you didn't get traded? And last we heard you asked about that. He's like, yeah, I still want to get traded. And it became like this is a new thing. And like, oh, well, now the Blue Jays really have to train him. He still wants to be traded. It's like, well, no, it just, it never went away. They just didn't see him for four months, so they didn't ask him. And there's just no, I don't know, there's no real great spots for it. Like, if you're, like, I don't know, I, I deal with, with people talking about it a lot. Not a lot of people, but I, I get asked the question a bunch. You know, and, and most people uh, understand it or or will see it when I, I, I try to explain it this way. But, like, just think about if you're a, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you know, God love you. Um, <laughs> like, if, if you are a Diamondbacks fan, what would you give up to get one year of Dion Navarro when your team is going to be hot garbage. Like, what is like what is the point? Why like why is Tuffy Ghost switched and terrible as that's gonna be? They could potentially have the worst catching core in recent memory, but it isn't a I don't know. It's not a deal breaker for the Diamondbacks who are probably gonna give thirty stars to Jeremy fucking Hellickson. Yeah. He's like, like their number it's like him and Patrick Corbin, is that what like their that's their and Robbie Ray apparently was good yesterday. I saw that. Uh, here's the question that we need to uh, ask. I'll, but also, uh, just before you ask the question, I don't know, maybe, do you think maybe a JPR and CB is going to hit the waiver wire there by the end of camp? You know, there's guys like that who you give nothing up for. I sort of say Aaron Subi facetiously, but like, I don't know, there's going to be guys who hit the waivers. Remember, Gio Giovanni Soto is on a minor league deal right now. Like, there's there is no reason for Arizona to give up anything that could help the Blue Jays to take Dion Navarro off their hands. It's ridiculous. If you recall, last year Dion Navarro was the everyday catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, and they were not a especially great ball club. He's a fine catcher, but in the kind of parlance of the is he a first division catcher? Is he the starting catcher on a good team? The team has to be real good almost everywhere else. Yeah. If you're thinking, well, after his career year, he was a league average catcher. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, career year is the operative word here. So a bad team isn't in a real rush to offer a nominal backup, uh, upgrade at their catcher position. For a guy who's a decent hitter, not great hitter, not good enough in the American League, he's not getting any reps at DH. He's DHing today because it's fucking March. But like, <laughs> yeah. So the opportunity, unless somebody gets hurt. And suddenly someone's forced into a bind. Navarro isn't at a, isn't at a even though he only makes five million bucks, it's not a terrific option. Yeah. No team that would have a spot for him is is good enough to need a one year catcher. And God bless him if he's. We talked about this last week a little bit about the professionalism aspect of it. When Pablo Sandoval was coming up being like, oh, about yeah. how he he knew in spring training last year, Sandoval knew that he was going to leave the Giants, but he. Even though he came to work and he did Pablo Sandoval things and they won the World Series again. There's no reason to believe that Deion Navarro is going to be a distraction or going to be an unprofessional or anything like yeah. that. 
uh, you know, he's playing for his next his next contract at the end of the day. That's that's why he wants to play. That's I'll tell you, that's a lot more powerful an incentive to for him to play as well as he possibly can than yeah. any of the fucking bullshit you hear about. You know, oh, he's got a, he's got to bleed that jersey color. Nah. Yeah. Let's take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about the American League East a little bit. Are the Blue Jays the best team in it? All that. So much more. Coming up after the break. Alright, so here we are. We're back. We're going to talk a little bit of big picture. We were... We threatened last week to talk about the kind of off-season signings and be like, holy shit, Russell Martin plays for the Blue Jays and holy shit, Josh Donaldson plays for the Blue Jays too. But that's, uh, you know, that's old news. But what's not old news is rehashing the off-seasons of the other teams in the American League East. Basically what I'm getting at, we talked about adjustments that have been made by, you know, Drew Hutchison or potentially would have been made by a... Marcus Stroman. Meanwhile, uh, at Red Sox camp, for example, Justin Masterson is shit. And Joe Kelly is kind of hurt. And Clay Buckholes is still kind of like a junkie-looking dude running around. <laughs> and the Yankees are, you know, Masahiro Tanaka's frayed tendon away from catastrophe. And the and the Orioles are are whatever the fuck the, the Orioles yeah. are. Yeah. Do you think, even without Marcus Stroman, the Jays might be the best team in this division? Everybody wants to say it's the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I would think I would be a homer if I said it was the Jays and not the Red Sox. I mean, you know, they still, despite their lack of aces, I think that you know they got a, a ridiculous lineup and they have more than good enough pitching, right? Like, uh, despite junky buckholds and and uh, Masterson, Masterson not pitching well, yeah, I, you know, didn't have much hope for Masterson anyway. But yeah, and also they, you know. They can make trades if they need to. I guess there's 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 not guys on the market right now, except for maybe that one guy. Mm. Um, let's be let's be real for a second. I might think that Cole Hamill's pitching in the American League East is a recipe for a disaster. It could not be, disaster. Yeah, he's still a great pitcher, but yeah. he's not going to be. It could be know, like like R. A. Dickey moving to the American League East, only left-handed playing in the ballpark with that with the fence fifteen <laughs> feet behind third base. Yeah, also that. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I mean, the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox and the Jays are basically like the same team. They have a very flat pitching staff, let's say. It's flat. It's all, you know, there's five number fours or five number threes, kind of how, depending how you want to look sure. at it. Uh, well, with maybe a little that, bit of potential for guys to get better or break through. Now that uh, Stroman's gone, yeah. Now that the guy with 20 big league starts is gone, right. yeah, definitely. The ace. Who's the ace do? has fallen. He's going to be the best pitcher in that division this year. Was he? Yeah, he was. Was he? He was. And anyway, Tanakh, even. Broken <laughs> bubble gum and pop- popsicle sticks. Tanaka is still better than, than him. Uh, the point is, the Red Sox and Blue Jays are going to score a shit ton of runs, and they're going to give up a lot of runs too. Red Sox bullpen might be better. Blue Jays defense isn't any worse, I don't think, than Boston's. No, the the, the Saunders thing will help. I think the Blue Jays like just compared to themselves last year. Mm-hmm. Was an interesting. Was that you were talking about this or somebody? Maybe it was a Dave Cameron. Uh, on, uh, on a Fangraphs podcast recently, uh, which you, you two sounded nothing alike. <laughs> uh, it's 
tough sometimes, Dave. I, and I'm one to talk. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I, you know, people kind of don't like the Mark Westrada, Adam Lind move. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he basically combined it with the J-Hap, uh, Michael Saunders move, and was like, well, you basically got the same guy as Hap and Estrada, and you traded Lind for Saunders, who is... You know, also a left-handed bat who's going to not hit as well, but give you way more defensively. And it's like, okay, actually, that, Entirely that, that kind of that kind of is an interesting way to justify it. And and yeah, you know, you forget the Melky Cabrera last year. You know, he looked so much better than his uh, again compared to himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I guess isn't the point of this segment talking about other teams. Now I'm just talking about the Jays because I don't. You know, well, that's what we're doing. We're yeah. just saying, <laughs> but. Uh, but no, yeah, I think defensively they can be quite good. I think you know Rasmus was terrible last year, and and, uh, and Cabrera wasn't great defensively, and that'll be that's a that's an area that's improved that I think a lot of people are overlooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, left field and center field, and and yeah, I, you know, because people I think want to focus on up the middle, which is you know a, a disaster. Second base will be all right defensively. His tourists can be fine. I, it got, feels weird to be like the guy who was two years ago was like the worst player in baseball by war, and then last year fell down some stairs and got hurt <laughs> after like two weeks. Uh, he'll be fine, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't know what they're going to do with first base, considering none of their options can hit, mm. uh, and that their alternative, which is Encarnacion, is going to wave at a whole lot more of those Josh Donaldson throws than uh, Smoke or Barton would. That's true. Barton, again, we just said yeah, this last yeah, week, Barton a, is a, a non-factor. Fair enough. But I think that the Yankees have their own problems. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yankees yeah. have their own problems. Didi Gregorius can't hit. Uh, Chase Headley is a nice a nice player. It's a nice player and a nice contract. Uh, of course, he'll be taking a back seat to Alex Rodriguez by May 1st. <laughs> Uh, as A-Rod storms back to win not only the American League MVP, but to lead the Yankees to the World Series. Uh, the Do you MVP, think they'd ever give him the comeback player of the year? They don't even tweet out his home runs <laughs> from the official team account. I don't think they're going to give him anything. If there was a way to blackball a guy with an existing contract, they, the baseball and then the Yankees would have already done it. But uh, I think oh, it's going to be great. He's going to be so good anyway. Uh, but yeah, I don't I think the Yankees so. are that good. No. They're, you know the Orioles are going to fucking be good, though. Just bullshit, but... The Orioles are going to be the Orioles. Everyone wants to... You know, when they got Matt Wieters come back from injury, they got Manny he's, Machado. He's kind of sucks. Well, Manny, Let's be honest. Matt Wieters, fuck you. I'm not afraid to defend Manny Machado. And yet <laughs> Machado's actually... Machado has huge guy. chunks of his career that that were terrible. He's got the, first, the second half of uh, 2013, and then kind of the first half of 2014, he was bad. And then he went bananas again. And then he got hurt because he's Manny Machado. And he just, he's the, he is, he's the Brett Laurie of uh, American League East. He kind of baseman. is. He kind of is. But I, the Orioles are at the point now where it's like, you just I refuse to count them out. I refuse to give them much credit. Yeah. But I don't want to count them out either. Chris Davis is apparently just flicking opposite field home runs again. Do you remember in 2013 it felt like he had a home run every time he came it's, to play yeah, against the Blue Jays? Like insane. every time up. Insane. And then the also, race. I heard some. I, I heard like Rock Kabako was on uh, the fan in Toronto here this week. So he played through an, uh, an oblique strain last year. Like he mm-hmm. just tried to play through it the whole year, and it's like, yeah, that could that could explain why you were garbage. He was garbage. He is a mountain of a human being. And also, I mean, the thing with the Orioles is people. You know, I, maybe it's just me. Maybe in, in my head, you know, you would kind of hear things over the. Office. It's like, wow, 
Nelson Cruz did so much for them. Nick Marcakis is gone. It's like fucking. It's Nelson Cruz and Nick Marcakis. Like yeah. Jesus Christ. Let's. Yeah. I don't think we said we were talking about catastrophic setbacks. Uh, you know, in the previous segment, I don't think those are catastrophic for the Orioles. BTW. The Orioles made the most important offseason acquisition in all of all of uh, every team in baseball when they acquired an outfielder from the Pittsburgh Pirates by the name of Travis <laughs> Snyder. Yeah, uh, Snyder was fantastic in the second half, but he is also something we talked about in the first half. We want to talk about variance versus adjustments and or change. It's like, well, what are you like? What are you going to chalk Snyder's second half up to, other than being protected from left-handed pitching, and then just kind of be just? I think there's a lot of potential variance in there he just sort of was better for a while yeah hit for some power not like the he's going to compete for multiple mvps <laughs> prospect porn power did somebody ever say that That's somebody weird. did say that yeah. they wrote that about i think they, i think they might have said it on the radio like 50 times <laughs> <laughs> the point is yes i don't want to count the orioles and the and the rays too god stupid like, steve pierce too yeah. The Jays, who the Jays had the waiver claim in on, and they, really didn't they? Didn't they claim him? And then he found a way. Like uh, someone got hurt, and then he ended up going back to Baltimore. Like there was a loophole or something. Oh, like I don't that. remember that at all. That's I crazy. Believe, that's I true. believe that's a thing. It could He's, be someone else, but I. It was like, yeah, I think that I think that was a thing, and then they ended up getting Nolan Reimold eventually, which mm. that worked out okay. He's still fighting for a job somewhere. Well, Pierce was a guy who was hurt, and then he was kind of better, but. I think that even without maybe Stroman, I'm making that Pierce thing up, but I think that's it. Either way, I think at the if we look at why Joe Girardi's got a different hat on than everybody else. <laughs> if we look at the rest of the teams in the American League, who is this bench coach there who looks like he's shit faced? Probably a drunk guy. Yeah, they are in Florida. That's true. Uh, the Jays are not. They're definitely not worse than any team in the American League. For sure, yes. They're not worse than the Red Sox, even if you want to give the Red Sox the edge. As far as, you know, what what you would expect out of them, given a, an entire season, health notwithstanding. Yeah, I would entirely agree. So that's not yeah, a bad Rays, thing Ra- Yeah, Rays, Yankees, Orioles. They're not worse than them. They and could be. They could be. They could be better than all of those yeah. things. If you can figure out the Rays, you go bananas. <laughs> you, do, you do it at your own peril, and you just uh, you fill your boots. But, I don't know. Gotta, gotta feel good about your team when, you know... When Madden and Friedman are just like, see ya. <laughs> like, not. When they. Uh, well, when, obviously a lot of money calling them there, but not. Uh, what if Friedman. Friedman got $7 million a year to be an executive? <laughs> you think Tampa couldn't match that? Not even the GM <laughs> anymore. Because they just flatten everything. That's just that Wall Street thing. That's what yeah. will work in Tampa. That's why it will be fine in Tampa Bay. The same stuff he's going. He's just like, let's hire all kinds of talented people to all work in concert. So then if one leaves, the entire enterprise doesn't fall apart. But I think that the Jays can and will be fine. Having Strowman is better. It would be very nice, yeah. But there are, are Randy Wolf. We haven't talked about Randy Wolf yet. <laughs> Randy Wolf. That's weird that we haven't talked about Randy Wolf. You're you don't want me to mention Johan and you're talking Randy Wolf? It's Randy Wolf's limbs are all in one piece. Johan's fine. His shoulder was fine. He was ready to come back last year, and it was the Achilles that hurt him. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I and forgot then he that. just had a little... He had to shut it down because of a little shoulder soreness there last year. 
or, uh, or in the winter league, and mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Still got it. Never never was traded in in you know being a fireballer. Never, know, those you know hard fastballs. It's all about that changeup. The, ch- the changeup, the two changeups. I think he threw a couple of different weird ones. But Randy Wolf is a it's, it's a depth move, right? Maybe something works. Maybe he can do like a Chris Young for the Mariners last year. He's throwing weird belly high fastballs all year and somehow dancing between the raindrops. But, Jesus Christ. I don't know. There's, I got no problem with that. The, the Jays' depth is more theoretical than it is, you know. And I have, I don't, I, see, I haven't looked into the data as much on as on, on other guys, but Marco Estrada uh, insisted to John Lawton. To put, I, I linked a piece last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his season looks like, oh, he was a starter and he was terrible. He was a reliever and he was pretty good. So something happened there. But he insists... That it was more of a mechanical change that he made at the same time, and that had he remained a starter, he would have also still gotten better. Ah, yeah, of course. Easy for Marco Estrada to say. Easy for Marco Estrada to yes. say. But All right. uh, but there's a guy with. He's, he's, a, he's ahead. Of, he's ahead of Randy Wolf on the depth chart. I'll tell you that much. He is. Is he ahead of? Is he ahead of uh, Daniel Norris on the depth chart? No. No. <laughs> is he ahead of Roberto Osuna on the depth chart? Who? <laughs> Marco Estrada. You think he's behind Roberto Asuna on that starting pitcher depth? Starting chart? pitcher depth? No, I'm not. I'm being a little bit facetious with that. It's happening a lot these days. Apparently. But no, the Jays, despite the mighty character of Alex Anthopoulos, who would never do anything, never never put himself ahead of the franchise. They're really. <laughs> you taking the piss? You taking the piss like a week later? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but they, what, are they, what are they doing, Castro and Osuna? No, nobody would ever do that no unless they were desperate. Tin step. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. If they can pitch, they can pitch. If they can't, they can't. Right. What do you What do you hold them down for? When you see these the prospects that don't make it to the big leagues, it's because they can't get big leaguers out. If the guy, if he can get people out, I don't give a shit if he's 20 or 25. So why? Why do I submit to you? Why do we not see more 20 year olds pitching in the majors? Jose Fernandez. It's just that simple. True. When you throw a 97-mile-an-hour so fastball. The Jays have a bunch of them, I guess. Roberto Osuna is... I'm saying here today, <laughs> Roberto Osuna is the next Jose Fernandez. He can throw 97 and then, you know, the 90-mile-an-hour changeup. Just like that. Okay. Yeah. There's only so much seasoning you can expect to give these guys. Roberto Osuna's been pitching as a professional since he was like 16, he was he? he? was facing men in the Mexican League as a 16-year-old, yeah. Come on! What are you holding them back for? <laughs> You're soft. You are soft. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure if Duquette had come in and a new GM had shown up, these guys would be in the big leagues. Well, Duquette is all about dumpster diving anyway. He'd be trading for fucking Travis Snyder or some other dog shit pile like that. Sign an Ubaldo. He's terrible. Duquette. Fuck you, Duquette. Ubaldo was a guy. This is our theme. We've got a recurring theme for the episode. (laughs) There were no real adjustments other than the the miracle worker with Mickey Calloway in, uh, in Cleveland. Kind of pieced yeah, his, yeah. his. Look at you're a pitcher, man. What? Are you, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You make a diving save. <laughs> Drew Hutchison just just dove for a ball. Looked like he was gonna camera bay himself, like Brett Laurie over there. He's an athlete. Oh, god damn it! You're important, idiot. Jesus. Don't you read Keith Law, man? <laughs> anyway. That's about it. We've diverged. It, yeah. We've gone uh, way off the off the rails. Uh, don't. There's still time. Uh, so uh, thank you again 
to everyone who who contributed to the uh, the, the Patreon uh, fund. If after this episode you want to take your money back, by all means, you can adjust. You can adjust the uh, the the amount that you uh, set out. Before. Especially, I tried to make it clear afterwards. They're all in U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. You can didn't adjust. Know, it. Didn't know that. I now have to file tax forms with the IRS, which is daunting. I assure you, At, as a as a known grub. Endor, <laughs> endor. Well, then now you're you're spreading your your your, your notoriety across yeah. borders. Uh, but again, thank you very much. Uh, hit it up, readandrewstoughton.com. Maybe we'll have a new name next week. Probably. Probably have a new name next week. And uh, But until then, hope you enjoyed the show. For Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>